Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Teresa de Grobois. Teresa is a four-time best-selling author and an international speaker sought by entrepreneurs and large corporations wanting to better understand how local word of mouth can suddenly turn epidemic. Specializing in the topics of influence and success, Teresa has a proven track record in understanding word of mouth epidemics, having taken three books to bestseller status in only eight months. Her recently released book, Mass Influence, hit number one international bestseller status in North America and Europe on the same Day it launched. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here, Seth. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. Where did you grow up? I'm actually from northern Canada. I'm a backwoods girl, <laughs> northern Ontario, actually. So, you know, I used to watch the mosquitoes hatch as a kid. <laughs> I've never had anyone say they used to watch the mosquitoes <laughs> hatch. Um, how did you get started in your career? You know, um, a lot of people have these well-planned out career paths, and I am the quintessential opposite of that. I, uh, I actually came out of the oil and gas sector in Canada and uh, used to lead a lot of really big change initiatives and actually am responsible for getting certain legislations changed. And, uh, you know, one day I just was had enough and, and did the, and now for something completely different. Um, I quit my job, started a charity, wrote three kids' books to raise money for the charity, and quickly learned, A, I didn't like being a children's author, I love writing kids' books, but hate going around to schools, <laughs> and B, I had droves of people coming at me saying, holy cow, Teresa, how do you put three books on the bestseller list in eight months? What did you do, and will you teach us? And uh, that's when you know I was sitting having a cup of tea with a really dear friend of mine one day, and uh, who's also a professional speaker, and she just looked at me and said, honey, when the world is sending you a flood of something, don't you think you should pay attention? <laughs> and it was one of those great light bulb moments of realizing, 
that you know how a lot of people don't understand what they're really good at till someone else points it out. You know, one of my gifts is really understanding how to create energy around things and how to, you know, move the masses, as they say. Um, and so I rebranded myself and started mentoring and speaking on that topic. And, you know, my life's been on fire ever since. I've never looked back. That is absolutely incredible. What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? You know, I could give you a list of, oh, I wish I knew this and I wish I knew that, that but the real answer is nothing. Because um, I love all the mistakes I've made. You know, and one of the things I teach is give yourself permission to succeed sloppily. And, uh, and God, you know, I was as sloppy as, uh, as you could possibly be when I first started out as a speaker and, uh, and a writer. Um, but the reality is we learn by doing, you know, at least I do. And, you know, so I'm so glad that there's all those things I did wrong and messed up and screwed around with because I really think when we give ourselves permission to just take action and do it anyway, even if it is messy, that's where the really profound and almost cellular level learnings happen in life. That is really insightful. What is the biggest business adversity you've had to overcome and what did you learn from it? Well, um, you know, in the very very early part of my life, my first business was at the very dawn of the Internet getting set up. And, um, you know, I, I ran a campground directory because I'm, you know, I'm a camping enthusiast and uh, thought, you know, there was no campground directories at that time and people were paying crazy amounts of money for advertising online. And we set up this uh, directory and we couldn't keep ahead of how fast the internet was changing. <laughs> you know, we uh, it was a great idea at the time, but all of a sudden, you know, when we first entered uh, entered the market, I think we had one competitor. Um, by the time we shut the doors on that, two years later, we had over eighteen thousand competitors in that space. And you know what it really taught me was um, that a if it's a good idea, everybody's probably doing it. And B, timing is everything, you know. And when you've got a good idea, you also have to be positioned to bring it to the market powerfully and stay ahead of the market. Because if you can't stay ahead um, and really differentiate yourself, then it doesn't matter that you had a great idea. You'll get lost in the wave that's coming behind you. That is an excellent point. How did you uncrack the code that you're using to understand how to make, you know, word of mouth go viral? You know, I really did it by watching really influential people, you know, and truthfully, I was probably one of the worst people for understanding influence um, when I first really started in the, in the workforce in general or even in business. And, you know, what I was discovering was that, there was a different rule book when you're dealing with the highly influential, you know, and I had read Dr. Robert Caldini's book, Influence, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of great stuff in there, but all of it deals with like, how do you influence people one-on-one? -on -one? And I couldn't find a whole lot at the time that was written about, but how do you get to that realm where you have mass influence, where there's a lot of people willing to know, like, and trust you, and a lot of people that will take action based on what you say. And so I just started studying what are the most influential people do, and that's actually where the inspiration for writing my book, Mass Influence, came from. 
because I really wanted, you know, regular people, everyday heroes to understand that becoming massively influential is not as difficult as you might think. It's really just a matter of understanding that it's almost like a whole different sport and you have to get yourself related to that sport. You've got to understand the rules of the game and the way people in that sport speak and you've got to understand the habits that are going to build success in that arena. Absolutely. What do you like best about your business now? Well, um, you know, what I really love about my business, I think, is um, the privilege of running the Evolutionary Business Council, which is a community of emerging thought leaders from all over the world. Um, you know, it's just, it's so fun to uh, to be able to create the space in which people who are really committed to creating positive change in the world show up, you know. And the interesting thing is, you know, it's a part of my business I really don't look to make money on. It's It's, you know, one of my services to the world that I run that community. And at the same time, when you give yourself the opportunity to become in deep friendship and deep relationship with other people who are really committed to causing change, you know, it's created this huge army of awesome people at my back whenever I need them, you know. Um, it was interesting what happened with uh, with Mass Influence when we launched the book. Um, you know, we, like anything, you know, we had this launch all planned out. Here's launch day and we'll have pre-sales up to this day and we'll mostly be focusing on the U.S. and Canada. And, you know, the book actually hit the bestseller list a month, a month before it launched in pre-sales. The minute the pre-sale page went up, it hit the bestseller list. I thought, wow, that's cool. Um, and by launch day, it was already bestseller and at number one in four countries. Um, and by two days after the launch, you know, we were starting to hit the bestseller list in places like Italy and Germany. And I'm like, WTF, I don't even know anyone in Italy. How is that happening? And the book's written in English. Like, how does an English book go bestseller in Italy? But, you know, what I realized is I have this awesome community of people that I'm in deep relationship with. And, you know, I'm, I'm their biggest fans. And they couldn't shut up about the book. And it was truly spreading in a wildfire epidemic around the globe. And it was really cool to see. It's it's a really humbling privilege to see your book hit number one international bestseller status before it even it hits the stands, you know. It was very, uh, very inspiring to watch that happen in a really moving kind of way. Absolutely. How did the Evolutionary Business Council come about? <laughs> well, I'd love to say it was this brilliant business plan, but really it was my intervention. <laughs> you know, I was um, I was sitting with several colleagues one day. They had all been speaking at one of my big events. And uh, and I was saying, you know, someday I'd really love to start a community of, uh, of thought leaders and emerging thought leaders who are really committed to causing transformational change around the world. And, boy, I can't wait to get influential enough to do that. And they all looked at me and started laughing. I'm like, what's the joke? And they said, Teresa, you you were just on stage teaching to notice what your, why doesn't somebody just is, you know, and, and what's your someday goal? And you were talking to the audience about making your someday goal be now and just stepping into it and giving yourself permission to succeed sloppily and don't worry about whether you're ready because you'll get ready by doing it. And, uh, and I got the joke, you know, it's like I had this huge, you know, hairy-ass goal that I was waiting to be ready for, and the only way to get ready for a goal like that is to just start doing it. 
And so the EDC was born the next day. And actually, in fact, those uh, those first six people that had that laugh with me became the first board of directors for the Evolutionary Business Council. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. You've worked with so many incredible people. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? You know, I would have to say, you know, it's, you know, take action toward your dreams, you know, because no one is more passionate about your dreams than you are. In fact, you know, something I often say is, you know, until you take action towards your dreams, you're just dreaming. And I think that was probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever got because so many of us, and myself included, have so much inner dialogue, so many self-limiting beliefs. And, and I'm sure you get this as much as, as anyone, Seth, you know, having to had the career you've had as an actor and, you know, internationally iconic, um, you probably had to overcome a lot of self-limiting beliefs to be able to step into that life, right? And so anyone who's been successful at following their dreams, you know, really had to learn how to calm down that little inner three-year-old that's sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't do this, Right. And I really think that was the best piece of advice I ever got because that is the land of influence. The land of influence is being willing to calm down that voice inside you that says you're not big enough, strong enough, smart enough, good enough, exciting enough, whatever, you know, that you're just not enough. Absolutely. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Oh, you know, I'd have to say opening it up to it all, you know. Um, I still have moments of going, whoa, <laughs> like I'm not ready for all this, you know. Um, I'm always the biggest limiting factor in my own business. You know, my, my, my speaking business and the training company has grown exponentially over the last few years. Um, our team gets bigger uh, every few months. And and I still have moments of um, of feeling like my own personal capacity isn't big enough to hold this. And those are always the moments I always have to go back and do more work on myself. You know, and I I mean, I don't know uh, if you've experienced that in in a similar realm, Seth, in terms of of your career, but suddenly these miraculous sideways miracles start coming at you. Like, you know, in in the acting industry, you'd probably call it the lucky break or whatever. Um, but it's true, you've got to be ready for it, emotionally and intellectually ready for it, you know. And I think for me that's often the biggest challenge is that, you know, I've gotten to that realm where these awesome, incredible opportunities come at me, and now I'm like, okay, i got to expand myself to make sure I'm ready to accept them. That is excellent advice. I have found that the... Every time our business has had an evolutionary, a geometric growth, it's because I worked on myself and grew as a person first. So I agree with you 100%. You already, I mean, you've written so much. You've already mentioned Robert Cialdini's phenomenal book, Influence. What are two others of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Uh, Other than mine, you mean? (laughs) Yes, you're not allowed to quote yourself. Dang. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think my favorite business book that I quote the most often would be Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. Um, you know, Bob, Bob is just a brilliant writer. It, it, the book is written as a parable. Like, it's actually a story of a man in business 
and uh, and how he learns to become successful um, by understanding that his relationships with others and what he gives to others are actually the foundation for all his influence and success in business. And uh, I think it's it's an easy read. It reads like a novel. So that's, I think, my all-time favorite business book, is I would recommend that. That's The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. I think my next favorite uh, would have to be Scott Stratton's book, Unmarketing. Um, I just love Scott. Actually, I just had the privilege of, uh, I was sharing the stage with him at the National Speakers Association um, Nas- National Convention down in uh, in uh, Phoenix uh, a few days ago. And um, you know, you watch Scott on stage, and he's just so real and so raw. You know, there's a couple thousand people in the audience, and and he's up there in jeans and a t-shirt, um, just giving it. You know, and and you understand why the man's become so incredibly influential, because he so believes in just open, authentic, honest communication. You know, let's not sugarcoat this. Let's tell each other the truth, and let's not. Um, you know, gloss this up and make it schmarmy. Let's, you know, really, uh, let's really be real in our marketing, you know, because marketing is really based on relationships, marketing and, and really building a following one relationship at a time. So I would have to say that would be um, my next favorite book. And of course, I already mentioned Robert Caldini's uh, Influence, which I think all of those are awesome reads and well worth picking up. What is for folks who are resonating with what you're saying, you want to learn more about either the Evolutionary Business Council or how to make a book go viral, how to make something go viral and turn into a true word-of-mouth epidemic, what are the best places for them to go to learn more about what you're doing? Uh, Well, I'd have to say, if you really want to learn how to build influence and take things viral, then um, I have a 30-day influence challenge for you. And it's basically this. If you want to get how you get influence, you've got to learn how to give influence on a routine basis. Um, so you're going to give influence to other influential people for 30 days. That's the 30-day challenge. If you want an online supported version of that, in other words, I'll email you every day with little tips of how to do that, um, then you can sign up for that. Um, and we'll actually also send you to the links where you can pick up a, a free digital version of my book if you want. You can go to Mass Influence the Book dot com and uh, sign up for the 30-day challenge there and then we'll send you to all the links where you can pick up a copy of my uh, my book uh, at any of the sites itunes ibooks uh, amazon etc all right um anything you want to share that i didn't think to ask you that i should have <laughs> you know i would just say um really get in action around your dreams because you could be the one that the world is waiting for. In fact, I would say you are the one the world is waiting for. And until you get in action around your dreams, you really are just dreaming. Absolutely incredible interview. Great advice. You know, i got to ask you at least one more question. If there was, um, you have a 30-day influence challenge, if someone was ready, wanted to launch their book and wanted to cause a word-of-mouth epidemic, what would be the biggest lesson you uncovered from doing it so many times? Well, you know, it's a formula, just like anything else. I actually teach an advanced program on this, how to become a best-selling author. And what I would have to say is that the biggest thing you need to learn is that your social media you're following is not to sell you. Your social media you're following is like the apple pie you bring the neighbor when you want to meet the new neighbor. 
a word-of-mouth epidemic is nothing more than a couple hundred other influential people all shouting each other out at the same time, right? So when you are in deep relationship with two, three hundred other influential people and they love your work and they're thrilled to give your book a shout-out, you will have no difficulty making the bestseller list regardless of how sloppy or messy every other piece of your campaign is. And I'm not recommending you make it sloppy and messy. I'm just saying if you've got that one element, nothing else will cause your campaign to fail. And so I would just say get in relationship with influential people authentically. Pick people you love and admire. You know, I turn down radio interviews all the time because I don't resonate with the person. Um, and you know, I'm in that humbling and fortunate position of being able to turn interviews down. Um, I'd come on your show any day of the week, Seth, because I love who you are in the world. You know, I love what you stand for. And and so just, you know, pick who you want to play with and really do play with them. You know, pass the ball, pass the puck, as you say, and um, and use your social media and your following to send other people uh, energy to other people who truly deserve it. Great advice. Fascinating interview. This has been Seth Green here with Teresa DeGrobra. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure, Seth. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.